greetings, and welcome to another brand new episode of Out the Box Talks. I am your host, Krill. Welcome back to our viewers, to our listeners. If you are tuning in on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the channel if you have not yet. That is so important. And remember to hit that notification bell because we want to keep you updated with all the new episodes and all the great content we have coming. Remember to go to our website, which is outtheboxmedia.com, so you can find all of our previous episodes, whether it be on YouTube or our podcast. You can also find things like our merch site, which is, uh, okay, I got my Patreon up, but our, our merch site, which is on Big Cartel, right? Uh, which is outtheboxmedia.bigcartel.com, and you can find, like, snapbacks like this hat I have on and the T-shirt, the Out the Box Media shirts, and other, you know, you know clothing items to kind of help support this movement. Also, our Patreon page, where you can actually get access to exclusive interviews never heard before public. So you have to be a actual... Um, you know, Patreon subscriber or Out the Box Media member to access these exclusive interview clips from a number of artists. We have at least 22 clips up there, 22 interview clips up there from 22 different artists. So um, make sure you go check that out. And if you want to donate, you know, if you feel like you love what we're doing, you love what, you know, I do every week with these episodes and these dope artists that I bring you, feel free to, you know, support by going to our Cash App and donating you know, whatever you can to our, our cash app, which is hashtag out the box rep. And we can also donate to PayPal, which is paypal.me slash out the box media. Um, also remember that we are available as an audio podcast on platforms like Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, right? So all you got to do is search for out the box talks and you can find our podcast there wherever you listen to podcasts you can just hit that follow or subscribe button to those podcasts as well all right so um i just wanted to get that out the way as always i have a dope guest for you every show and this show is no different the artist that i have that will be joining me today for episode 71 <laughs> um is an artist I've been actually um, following since the beginning of this year. I want to say probably like February. Um, and I've been meaning to get to him to try to get this brother for an interview for a minute. And I think with his latest project that just came out, it was just perfect timing for me to, you know, reach out to him. So I'm so excited to have him on the show and to talk to him about this new project uh, entitled The Soul that he has out, uh, which is produced by Finn. Um, and just a number of other things in his career. We're going to mainly talk about this new project, but also some of his other projects released in the year because he's been extremely consistent. So um, I'm just really delighted to have him. He is actually a native of the country of Belize, but also representing for Toronto as well. So it's always cool to have, you know, other artists that represent different regions and different backgrounds always dope that's one of the things i love about being able to do these interviews remotely you can reach people 
all over, right? Um, I don't know if you guys checked out my one of my recent interviews with brother from uh, Malawi, Africa, by the name of um, Sage Poet. So it was dope to connect with him, man. So shout out to technology for being able to create these kinds of opportunities to um, bring these types of artists to the platform. So uh, without further ado, I don't want to keep on talking uh, during this intro, but I want to welcome uh, my brother to the show, man. He, like I said, he's been extremely consistent. Let me just run down a couple of his, you know, a few of his projects because it's a lot. Um, I, I want to say he dropped... Um, one of the like pre, like earlier projects that he's come out with is called Nimbus and Nimbus in 2017, and then he dropped the Hollywood Briggs album in 2017, and then he just kept putting out. I mean, like every year from that point, putting out projects, putting out projects. Um, the project we will talk to him about today is his second project with producer Finn, but he released a project with Finn in 2019 called With All Due Respect. And he, like I said, he's just continued on from there. Um, he also released a project late last year uh, entitled um, Let Me Talk My Ish, you know, uh, with Wisdom Bun Bunatel. I'm not sure if I'm saying the, the, the producer's name right. But uh, and then he also produced Prophecy Is My Present with producers The Twinning. Uh, and then not too long ago, just last month, like so I said, this brother's consistent. He produced, uh, he put out a project called 98 Miles with MAV and Sibs Rock. And like I said, the la latest project, which came out like just a few days ago, is the Soul LP again with producer Finn. So without further ado, I want to welcome to our Out the Box Talks viewing and listening audience my brother hailing from Toronto, native of Belize, brother Asan Eastwood. Welcome to Out the Box. <laughs> go, go for intro. What's good, brother? What's good? How are Every, you, man? Everything's blessed, my brother. Everything's peace. I'm a happy, I'm a happy person. Wonderful, wonderful. So I got a lot to talk to you about today. As I said in the intro, we're going to really mainly talk about the soul LP that you have out. But before we even get into your body of work, I always kind of like to get from the artist an idea of, you know, how they got started in hip hop. Like, how did hip hop become something serious enough for you to pursue as a career? Wow, that's a that's a loaded question. brother. That's yeah. a loaded, loaded question. Um. I, I, the, the quickest answer would be it, it chased me, right? Hip hop saved me and it chased me. But, um, the deep dive answer is I was born in Belize from teenage parents. I moved to Canada with my mother at like two years old. My pops came later around four. And I'd say, because in, in the Caribbean and in, in West Indian culture, it's like every type of music genre is what we love, right? Like, especially it's reggae, dancehall. We have in Belize something called punta. Um, you know, we like the soca. We like, um, like even country music and old school. My dad's old school. He wanted to be Bob Marley growing up. Um, Peter Tosh is his guy. So that music is there, right? But I remember being young and just seeing the vinyl. My dad always had vinyl. And seeing Ice-T, um, Power, the Power album cover with uh, 
what's her name? Darlene. Darlene on the back, on the front. And uh, you know that I'm young, I'm seeing booty cheeks and I'm, 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 I'm there, you know? And wanted to hear that and like, this is rap. So like hip hop was always around. Maybe not like that New York feeling, but it was here, mm. right? And then um, I'm 83, right? I'm mm. more than 1983. So I could travel now from 93 to let's say 98. So that's like 10, 10 to 15, right? And you see this, this Wu-Tang right here. I'm a Wu baby. My block in Toronto is mostly NOI and like some five percenters. Mm. So, so naturally Wu-Tang is everything. And even so, like my friends laugh at me from other areas. Like we didn't, we didn't, li- I didn't even listen to Mob Deep until Murder Music 3. Besides like wow. the hits, you okay. know what I mean? Okay. Because in those times, you don't really, you don't really buy albums. I mean, you don't download no albums. You have to buy them and trade them. So on my block, we're trading everything Wu-Tang. Like, like I had a Remedy album. Like I had, I had everybody. I had Wu Syndicate, that, although that's later and stuff. But like I had that. You lot of the dark man in that's like 99. Like that's an important album to me. Um, so and Biggie. It was Biggie and Wu-Tang. Biggie Wu-Tang. So that was besides what was commercial, like the Tupacs and the Snoop, just the commercial songs. Actually, Snoop's album was very much one I played a lot, a lot, a lot of. Um, because my sister uh my sister had that. So that was like one that was like I'm not supposed to listen to, but I'm killing. Um that's love. So as I'm speaking, I'm just like, yo, I'm falling in love, right? Dang. And just naturally on the block, it just we freestyled like it was something the older dudes did. We did. It was just more mimicking what we idolized, right? Right, right. And um, as I got older, so so that kind of sets the tone because I love that that shit. If I could swear, and I don't even ask you if I could swear. That's fine. You good? You good? Okay. Um, I love that shit, right? So. So even as I got older, like I tend to love the 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 underdog. Like I, you know, who I loved, uh, Saigon, the Yard Father. Mm. That first album, that first like mixtape. I swear to God, I played it like like I could say some of his rhymes to this day. Wow. And that's like two thousand, two thousand one. I love stack bundles, um, the whole Dipset thing. But even so, I like the underdog dude, like stack bundles. I like Max B, of course. Max B, like. In Toronto, we get things late, but because my sister actually grew up in New York, my older sister, I get things a little ahead because this is like not internet age. You know, right, we got right. the in between. So, like, even getting fly, I go over to my sister lived in Far Rock. I go over there, get fly, come back, and I'd be different than everyone out here. You know, oh, I'd be oh, up to date. Yeah. I'd go out there and see like lineups for Jerbo jeans at the mall in Queens. And I'd be like, what are they lining up for? And you know, when you're younger, well, at that time I was already hustling. So, I'm lining up to grab Jerbo jeans, you know, and then I see, I see, um, uh, 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 MOP in the video, Annie up video. I see my man wearing the same jeans I bought. I'm like, Oh, like I'm on, like I'm the man. Right. So that put me ahead of my peers in the small, in the pond. So like, I was always digging and looking for that thing that was different. And Jay-Z was obviously the one, but like, I mean, Writing my, my dudes rapped. I, I think I went to the studio early, like 17. And um it wasn't really it was as a ball player too, right? So like I love ball. Um it wasn't really 
it wasn't, I didn't really see the, like, I want, I just felt like I'd be a star, you know, just dreaming big, uh-huh. but like rap wasn't really it. My dude chops rest in peace. He wanted to rap and he always wanted to rap. Like, uh, this is grade nine. Like him. I remember him jacking dudes for CNN album. Like he stole CNN album, like four times from four different dudes. Like uh-huh. I want them. Cause if one breaks, I got another one. And chops was just a bully type of dude, but we, we just bonded. And um, he would always rap. He had this soulful, if he was, I'm doing this for him really when I think about, I'm doing it for me, but I'm doing it for him. Mm. And he's in charge with this because I, I, I left, I left rap. I, I, I was very much inside money and doing what I wanted to do to make money now. Mm. Right. And um, my ambition was what's working right now. And, 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 and that was just hustling, everything hustling. Mm. And then even as I'm getting more mature, like, okay, this can't last forever. I want to transition this. Right. And I, I didn't finish high school. I mean, I didn't finish, get my GD is what you guys call it, but it's just a diploma. Right. I didn't get that till 29 years old mm. because my mother was, um, she got cancer at the time, but she, oh, she beat my. it. At the time, she didn't know that she was going to beat it. And um, she's like, one thing, I just want to know that you got your high school. That would mm. make me proud. So I went and did that and, and going into doing that took me on a journey that was like, yo, my teachers, I'm going to like continue education. They're like, you are a writer, like just plain writer, not music, nothing, just a writer. And I think you could pursue something great in college. And with that being said, I'll write whatever you need to do to get in and you have a story to tell because I've, I've wrote like some type of story about they're asking about life i'm an older dude now so i have experience right so you have a story to tell you should give back and you know it's kind of reform hustler mentality like you know what let me get into social work let me get in the community i was i already had got back in the community i got i skipped over a large part but i got shot in 2008 mm. and that kind of was a life changer as far as like life is precious because i felt invincible mm. right and when that happened, not that I quit everything I was doing, because the, the ego is a stubborn thing, mm-hmm. but it made me realize this doesn't last forever. So that that took the steps to when I got to 30, like, okay, all right. All right. So boom. Now we go to college. And now you got to understand, because school and college was never for me. It was never in my mindset. And I'm definitely not getting alone. I've seen dudes that I know that would go to college because their parents we're saying, yo, the next step is doing this, right? And then they go get into computers at that time. And then at the end, they owe all this money and don't have nothing, mm. right? So I, I kind of went in knowing that I, first off, I'm paying my hard-earned money. And second off, I want to do the social work and they're telling me there's no money in it. And that makes me know there's something in there. Mm. So I went in there and I really saw the community from the business standpoint, especially when I got into the, the second, it was a two-year program. I got into the second year and they place you inside the, inside the, um, on the job type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I was working at a community center in my neighborhood, a community center I used to go to, but like, I never saw it from that perspective. Right. And I'm seeing the kids that are 14, 15 kids from different blocks that were beefing each other. Mm. And I had this power that I could bring them together. And that was, that was interesting to see, like, it's bigger. I see the system. I see the system. 
And then as I'm gaining momentum and getting funding for this is me working for free, I'm getting the company funding. And these guys are taking the money and using it for their purpose. Mm. The kids aren't getting anything. So that was a real turnoff. And then when I finished school, they don't know that I was making way more money than any of them could offer me, at, especially at that time. I, I wasn't looking for a job there. I was looking to build my own thing, mm-hmm. but they were trying to grab me so hard, like, yo, we'll pay you this, pay you that. I'm like, nah, like that's not. And they were insulting me to be honest for what I did mm. and how much time I put in. And then I was like, so this is 2016. So I'm at this, I'm at this point where I'm like, yo, actually it was the end of 20, it was 2015, mm-hmm. but now we're thinking September now around that time. I'm at this point. I'm like, yo, what do I do? You know, what is the thing that I can make this money? Should I just jump into this? What is this thing? And one of the brothers that was there helping, not helping me, but like he had his own business. He has this, uh, he had this radio show. It was really a podcast before podcast was really bumping. Mm-hmm. Uncle Doe, salute Uncle Doe. I, I actually knew Uncle Doe back in the day when I was rap, rapping, going to studios, going to places like, Oh, that, that nigga raps. Like I was just that guy that rapped, but not that serious. I, I looked the image more than I could rap good. Right. So, so I had met him before and now we reconnected and he's like, he hit me up new year's day, 2016. And he said, no, January 2nd, 2016. And he said, yo, Ace, I got this idea. Cause that whole holiday season, I'm racking my brain. I'm like, yo, should I start this barbershop and take it to the next level? I still started the barbershop. Should I do this and do this? And my mom was everywhere talking to my wife. And then I'm like, yo, Doe hits me up. I'm like, oh, Doe's in the community. He's going to come to my crib and tell me to do some community shit. And maybe I'll start rolling like that. Doe comes to my crib and this nigga looks me in my face. And he's an NOI brother too. Looks me in my face and he's like, yo, you should rap. I said, get the fuck out of my house. I don't rap. Yo, I haven't rapped. For like five years, bro. What are you talking about? He's like, nah, 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 nah. And he's inspired because I, what I didn't know at the time, he was actually in a house with Boy Wonder and T Minus mm. on New Year's Day. Wow. And he was playing his shit for them. So That's what it was. Okay. It was like he, he had this energy, right? And I didn't know that. And I had did a rest in peace song for my brother Chops that we released in 2013, 2012, maybe even 2014. But the song was done in like 2009 and he had seen that. And he's like, yo, I saw this. I'm like, yo, you know how old that is? Like I have it like, mind you, I still always use the pen. I just wasn't serious. I didn't, it was a vent, right? And it was more like poetry, I would say, or me writing out my life story because I'm definitely writing a book someday. There's a lot of things. That's why this is such a tough question because there's so much places, right? Yeah. So much different journeys. I'm missing tons, but so now 2016, and we're going to almost get to the finish of this. 2016 is the all-star game in Toronto. All right. So I told, I told the nigga, get out of my house. I'm not no rapper. He's like, all right. And then he started sending me shit. He sent me like Rock Marcy, which I already had listened to, the um, Reloaded joint. And I already knew about that. I'm like, yeah. And then he sent me Fly Guy and West Side Gun. And I was like, this is new? Who the hell is this? And he's like, yo, rap is coming back. The real hip hop is coming back. The way we do things is coming back. You should be in here. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. So I remember the first song I heard on that was Dunks 
and there's this dude named Conway on it. And I was like, who is this? I want to know. And me, I'm a natural researcher. That is my real skill. Like, God gave me that. When I'm interested in something, I'm going to look to the depths of the world about it. Dope. And I found all Conway's old shit. I found Reject 2, and I sent it to him. And I said, yo, listen to this album. And he got this Reject 2, and he's like, yo, these guys are crazy. Let me tell you something else. They, this, this Conway dude has a song with fucking Bozak. A Bozak is a producer from Toronto. And this is one of the early joints that Conway Westside Gun did. And I was like, word? Let's hit up fucking Bozak and see if we could get a link or what, what it is. So, but I skipped also some stuff. So also in that February, All-Star Game in Toronto, I went and I, me and my homies, we don't, in Toronto, we don't get this shit. So me and my homies made a pact to say, yo, we don't care what this shit costs. We're making it happen. Mm. All-Star Game. So now it came around, and of course, no one honors the pack. But me and my one homie are really, we're really the same hustle mentality. So we had the bread up and we did everything. And mind you, the one of the best dunk offs in the world I went to and I saw that live in the press box. Dope. Right. And Corey, Corey Joseph is also um my sister's, my sister and his sister are like best friends, right? He's an NBA. I don't know if you know too much about NBA, but um, he's an NBA player. And like it was so dope, like. I'm meeting like Ice Cube, Ice Cube's son, George Gervin. I'm meeting legends, just what John Starks. I'm a Knicks fan. So like I was hyped to see John Starks and he was a piece of shit that pissed me off. Right. <laughs> oh, so I was like, oh, yo, all these experiences. Yeah. I'm in my Burberries. I'm, I'm stunting. I'm feeling good. I got this big little press pass. I'm feeling, <laughs> I feel like a rapper. So I'm like, yo, I'm a rapper. I need to get in this booth and see what the fuck is going on, right? Because I say Corey Joseph name because even when I'm walking around in there, he's like, yo, what the fuck are you doing here? How'd you get in here? <laughs> like, you know my name out there, man. You know what this is. You know what I do. He's laughing, right? And Anthony Anderson is beside me. He's like, yo, I'm telling him, yo, I, people say I look like you. And he's laughing and Jason Sudeikis is making all types of crazy shit. Like, I don't know. I guess I'm a good schmoozer. So I had a lot of confidence. And um, Doe was like, yo, at the same time, Sway was also in the city for the, all, it's all-star, like everyone's in the city. He's like, I'm gonna introduce you to Sway. Let's get the fuck out of here. You don't know Sway. Uh, we go to this event and he didn't know Sway, but Doe's such an assassin, he played it off smooth. And we walk in and Sway just looks at me. And he's like, yo, come here. And I walk up and it's like a rope. And he's like, yo, Start talking to us. He's like, I just saw your essence, your glow. Wow. And you're, you're, yo, you, the, he talked to us for like 45 minutes. And I told Doe right there, yo, let's rap, man. Let's do this rap. So come April, went into a booth, Kool-Aid and why not? Salute the Soundsmith brothers. And they actually produced for Nipsey and all those dudes. And I'm there rapping in front of, they had like a party at the same time. My butterfly, I hadn't rapped for five, six years, butterflies, but I have like those, those four raps that I always had for the last five years right. that are like 70 bars, you know? So I'm there, I'm like, yo, if I can't do this, I'll never do this. And I fucking rap and those dudes are like, who the fuck is this? And then we got the Conway link pretty much after that. And I got three Conway joints and we strategically put those out in 2017. Right. But really we did them in 2016. So 2016 wow. I've been going. Wow, man, that's 
That's heavy, <laughs> man. That's a lot, brother. A lot. Wow, man. It, it's you know what really stood out to me was two things. Mm-hmm. The teacher that had the impact on you and telling you that you know that you're a writer, and your homeboy who um you know encouraged you to rap to say just like come out and be like yo you should rap. Like it's so dope when you have people that could see, you know, the vision of your success or, you know, ha- have a vision for you and not be afraid to to tell you that and support you. So that's what's up, man. Wow, oh. man. I I I mean I mean I'm looking forward to the book, man. I mean, like if you say <laughs> it's a, it's it's stuff missing, man, like a lot. that's gonna a be lot. that's gonna be interesting, man. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask you about, you said so much that like is even into like, even leads into other questions that I have, but um, let's just uh, continue on because um, right. it'll flow how it needs to. Um, talk to me about, you know, I know that you're, you know, you, you like grew up in Toronto, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but um, one of the things that I, I said earlier is the fact that you represent Belize, like you don't really hear too many MCs like or artists that represent Belize like outside of like Shine and like there's another dude I'm forgetting his name but I I think it's dope that you like put Belize back on your back you know what I'm saying like um what 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 are, what are your like I know you spoke about like growing up listening to certain types of music you know um that came from you know that that you experienced in Belize talk to me a little bit more about that like how has your influence um from like people that you grew up around in that country um impacted your approach to music okay um that's simple so Belize is home like that's really home because you got to understand my mom is actually the um I don't know what you call it like the ambassador or consulate it's just like she appointed herself to this shit and on Facebook or some shit. And she's the, um, of Canada. And there's 144 families or something, Belizean families in Canada, right? So this is where it's confusing why I'm here. My mom, my mom's dad, so my grandfather on my mom's side is at the time of my mom's birth, is a principal in Belize, like a, a pretty, and and that's a small country. So he has more stature, like that comes with some type of power because he ended up going to politics later. Um, he had a conference in Vancouver and brought my grandmother who was pregnant with my mom at the time to Vancouver. Mm. And she happened to be born in Vancouver. Wow. Although they were only there for two weeks. So, and it was so crazy. My mom said that her mom said, when they had her, she was an exhibition because there was rarely any black people. And they're like, look at the little monkey and all mm. types of stuff. Right. So now they go back to Belize. My mom now always knew she, she had, she, she had a kid early, right. In her teenage years. And she said to my dad, my dad is a whole nother dude. My story is something. My dad's story is a whole nother shit. And he's running around crazy in Belize, like crazy. So my mom's like, I'm not raising my son in this. I'm going to Canada because I have my papers. Where most Belizeans reside in New York, mm-hmm. Texas, and California. We went the whole next place. So my mom came here with like $400, wow. knowing one family 
and she made that shit happen, right? So that alone is huge. So now when my dad eventually smartens up now, going to Belize, when they're going through shit and shit's not working out and we're young, we don't know, I'm getting sent to Belize for two months. I and Imagine being like, when you're growing up, I went to, we moved so many times. This is why it worked out now. Like in Toronto alone, I've went to like eight, nine different public schools because we moved so much. Imagine going to public school the whole time here in Canada, in North American system, in New York, let's say, that's where you're from. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden in your grade four year, they send you to Belize and you just have to go back there and go to school for a whole year and live with your grandparents. So like that was um, crazy at the time, but it developed a lot of character. So Belize, so that goes to show you how much Belize I am, Mm. right? So definitely, I have all my family there. That's not in the States. I have lots of family in Florida, lots of family in New York, lots of family in Texas, but most of my family's in Belize. So two months, when summertime, my folks want to hustle, send the kids to Belize. Hustle, hustle, hustle for the summertime, two months, boom. So Belize is everything. I love Belize, man. That's my home. It's always going to be my home. We're setting up shop out there still, and we got a lot of stuff. We got land out there. We got everything going. So, like, dope, dope. this pandemic just kind of hurts that, but, like, we got a lot of stuff going on out there. Dope, dope. For for someone who's, like, from a different region and doesn't know about the Toronto hip-hop or music scene that you came up in, like, how would you explain that to them in, like, the briefest way? Briefest way. <laughs> um, Toronto is just like New York. It's the New York's baby brother. We, we like, we adapted to boot camp, boot camp click because it was very Jamaican influence with the thing. It's very reggae, very dancehall, and it's raw and gutter. But now because of Drake, it's, and that drill scene, it's changed, right? They're more, they're just like every, and with the internet, everything is one thing now. Everyone does that thing. Mm-hmm. Growing up though, Toronto is hip hop. And I'm talking Cardinal official, ghetto concept. Right, like, right. There, there's tons of dudes. There's like, I'm going to, I don't want to name no more because I'm going to miss too much. Right, right. And it's not, it's not, it's like, yeah, like what you guys might know, maybe Mishi Me, maybe um, Let Your Backbone Slide. What's his name? Um, Maestro Fresh West. Um, these are like dudes in the 80s that were doing it. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of people, Shaclair, a little later, Socrates. Yes. Hip hop always flourished. You know, we had we had people that were about to make it and it kind of just didn't happen because crab in the bucket type of mentality that just it stings everywhere with, with, with our people. Right. Right. And, and because urban is not when you think of Canada, you think of this big place. But Toronto, outside of Toronto, there's not anything else like that. So in New York, you could find and I hate the word urban, but you can find in your block, probably 100,000 people to sell your music to. In all of Toronto, I might find that amount of people. But outside, we might have Montreal a little bit, but anything else is just boony town. Like, it's just country. It's like everywhere else is fucking Idaho. Mm. Imagine that. Everywhere else is Idaho. You know, Midwest, some Midwest, corn, Indiana type of place, right? Right, right? Although Indiana has Gary, Indiana, and those hood places, Toronto's just it. And this is like the little New York and everything happens here and it's crazy. Mm, wow. Mm-hmm. One of the 
things that really capture my attention to your music is certainly the raw soulful production that tends to be there in a lot of your music, but also the fact that your voice comes across very like confident and clear in your rap vocals. I think that's that's like the one of the most apparent things about you. How were you able to develop that strong presence and confidence as an MC? Was there ever a time where you felt like, you know, I got to work on that and you got better or was it always like that? How did that come to be? I definitely had to work on that. I had to work very hard. And um, and, and that was what I suffered from why my, my friends always told me like, yo, if you could actually rap good, nigga, you'd probably <laughs> blow up because you got everything to say. You have every life lived and story. If you could rap good, you're gone, right? And wow. growing up, I think that uh, that hurt my confidence. It, it, it probably hurt my confidence, but I didn't work on it. And then people around me were so good that I knew the level I had to get to. I was always around dope artists. And um, on the return now, because I didn't do too much, so I never really tainted myself, it was like, I got to do this. If I'm going to do this because I'm, I'm older now, I'm going to do this for real. And all I did was put pen to paper nonstop. So I found my voice, like where, where the voice comes and where to hit from here and not just from here. Mm. And so when I started doing that, yo, you got it. Because then there's a point where it's going too aggressive and they had to tone me down. And then I was like, all right. And I found this tone and I just started writing and just getting my cadences right. And I wrote, when I say writing, man, I trained myself on like, five a days, but not necessarily like that. Like some days it'd be, I'd wake up and just feel like it, like all my thoughts. Cause like I said, I'm a writer. So I would be writing anyway, but now let's put this to beat every day. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, dope, work, dope. work. And I'm not done. Like I'm I striving to be great. So not close. I could see that, man. Like I, I see the momentum with you. Mm-hmm. Like it's only been like it's not even it's like middle of the year and you've already released at released at least three projects, right? And um, that right. that's 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 a lot of consistency, man. So mm-hmm. big ups to you on that. Thank you, thank you. I want to talk to you about the new album produced by Finn. Uh, as uh, as I said, um, the Soul LP. But I also mentioned earlier that you did put out a project with him in 2019 called With All Due Respect. So for those that may not know, how did your relationship with Finn initially come to be? Okay, so upon entrance, re-entrance on this thing, um, you you start, I have, I know people, you know? I know people. I, what makes me laugh is like, I always, and this is why like my brother's believing in me, I always had, all the connections to try and make things happen, right? But I never used them because I didn't need to use them. But like also while I'm coming into my own, I'm not just gonna call them either. I want to get recognition the right way. So um, I'm meeting people and Danielson was someone I met and I'm an East End cat, right? So the East is like, let me relate it to New York. The East is like, they might be mad. The East is like Brooklyn. And uh, the West is more like Queens. Mm. You know what I mean? Like the East dudes, or even not even Brooklyn, Manhattan, like uh, like Lower East, like Harlem dudes. Okay. We like to get fly and get money. Like that is our shit. The West is grimy, dirty. We don't care. Let's go. 
and ride out. You know, we, we have a little bit more purpose, but those brothers live in the West. And I kind of just connected through, through Bozak again, because hip hop is hip hop. And um, Daniel son been rocking for a long time and he's younger, right? He's, he's like a torch carrier because he's just hitting, he's, he's born in like 1990 or 89. And when I heard him, I'm like, who the hell is this? Like this kid can rap. Mm. And I was like, yo, I got to meet him. And I met him and he had his whole camp that he's working with of brothers older than me. And I was like, damn, like, let's get it in. And it was just hanging out at rap. It really is off music. And we connected and me and Finn really, I like when I, when, when I'm at home, when I'm on my regular, I don't even listen to too much rap. I listen to a lot of soul. Like you said, it's soulful. Yeah. And Finn, I'll, I'll like send stuff to Finn. Like he was, he was my confidant kind of like, yo, could you sample this? Could you sample this? I sent him a lot of Roy Ayers, sending him a lot of, um, uh, who was my guy? I was messing with a lot of stylistics, Melvin, Harold, uh, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. Um, so you had your hand in the production as well? No, <laughs> but no, because I, mean, like, I, I can't take credit. Okay, because I just listened because some of the shit didn't even. I just like this song, like I'm okay. just singing, like you know, Levert. Like I'm listening to all types of crazy shit. I'm just sending it to him, and it was more of just like a bomb. Like if you can mess with it. But because he told me he liked R&B and soul, too. And he's like, yo, that sounds crazy. And then he realized, like, yo, Ace, why don't we do, like, a soul thing? Like, you love soul. I love this shit, too. I'm just going to start sending you soul beats. And the soul beats were just always crazy. I'm like, yo, I'll write to these all day nonstop. Like, let's go. Right? So that's how we just naturally bonded. Like, we kind of, like, Danielson and Future Wave kind of have this bond. Mm -hmm. And me and Finn have this bond. And also Wisdom Bonita, you said his name. Yeah, you couldn't say a the last wrong. Part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all because he smokes everything. So he's oh. a smoker. So he loves, he loves his cheese. So you know what's crazy? When I read it, I was like, I wonder if it has like that patois or that yeah, you know that yeah. Caribbean accent to it. But it is, it sometimes is. I'd be wrong with that. So I was like, mm-hmm. let me just go with what I see. Right, right, right. <laughs> but no, right. That, that everyone makes does more it. Sense. Everyone, he's used to that. Everyone does it. Got it, got it, got it. Mm-hmm. So, um, this new project, the Soul album. Can you tell me what you guys' intentions were, you know, getting back together with this follow-up project? Like, how did y'all want this to separate itself from the first project with Finn? So so this is what we talked about. As we are making with all due respect. We're making with all due respect because we're trying to get in this vinyl game and we're seeing what's happening with the West Side Gun selling vinyls. And we just had the conversation of like, yo, I love, you know what, you know what I want to make? that mixtape like soul tape, like fabulous series, mm. right? I want that feeling like you could ride. And, and my guilty pleasure of hip hop is like Dom Kennedy and Larry June, you know? I like those brothers. I like just listening and just something you could play all the way through and it's just smooth. And he's like, I want to make that too. Maybe we should make that here. I'm like, yo, let's finish what we're doing here. Let's not change it up. And when we get there, we get there. And this pandemic kind of just brought it, like he's just sending me beats every day. And I'm knocking them out every day. Like we made this project in like a month, my side, besides mm. the features. Mm. Um, and it was like, we spoke about it. And the good thing about working, this is why I know if I started this journey for real, when I was in my twenties, I would have fucked it up. The maturity of where I am now, I understand that there's no time to waste. Like if you're gonna do something, do it, have your integrity and move. There's no time to just play around, you know what I mean? And make music and have it sitting there. 
So we 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 just lock in and we can make this shit happen effortless. Like the making is the easy, the business and promoting. That's why you're it's it's I took a jewel from you when you're like, yo, I had to look back and see all these things. I didn't know you're out here for so long. Right. And that's because it's training day, but putting out and I realized how much has to go into promotion and how much finances. I was putting a lot of fi- I was spending crazy. If you see the videos I have, the type of videos that have like 2,000, 4,000, 5,000 views because no one knows me. Mm. And um, I, like Cardi, he's A&R Universal, Cardinal Fisher, A&R Universal. And he said, yo, you need to stop spending money. Like, kudos to you. You did it. But take that money you're doing there and put that in some marketing. Yes. This is the time. that. So mm. I wised up and now I'm going to change it around. Now you're seeing, you're going to see, I, I, I don't know where you heard me from, but something's working right yeah yeah shout out to the blogs man um i think the first place i heard of you and this is a blog that i i i tend to go to a lot uh it's called hiphopgoldenage.com and then of course like shout out the blogs like raw drive and um grown i think it's grownuprap.com like you know these are the types of blogs that i i you know and you know the work that i do is like really trying to find dope new talent right like not just anybody but dope new talent so i do a lot of listening i do a lot of research and i've been doing this since like 2008 2009 and even with doing it so long there's a lot of stuff that come through the cracks that i don't know it's no way for me to know everything but um you know when i do come across somebody that i like you know um it's always dope to kind of see if we could get them on the show but yeah, I, I definitely hear you. That marketing is a very important part of, you know, your artistry and, and getting out there, man. But I can say that I have been seeing your name more. Like, you know, like I've not just, you know, even in like, you know, other social media platforms, like uh, even in Facebook groups and stuff, I've seen people posting, you know, your music like that, particularly that one um with Mav and Sibs. Like that one was making some rounds, man. So um, you you oh. you doing something, brother? <laughs> you doing something? You know we are. Um, we are. So um, on the first track of the Soul album, I want to get into some of the lyrics now. Mm-hmm. Um, that the actual self-titled track, you say, "Soul is the science of understanding life." Mm-hmm. What inspired you to go with that acronym and how does that concept, the science of understanding life play out in the themes and the messages of the album? So this is, this is God, this is divine work. And I gave out physics of filth. That's like chemistry, right? That's what me and Daniel son. And then I did this album with Vago from Vancouver called sewer science. And I had this theme going with science and filth and physics and all this type of stuff. And I kind of been given, if you listen to my 2017 cat, 2018 catalog is, and a lot of 2019, it's a real grimy, real, real grimy stuff. And I knew what I was doing. The purpose was put candy. Cause this is, it's the West side gun Conway's and then put the medicine in the candy. So have a little turn, you know, even I'm complex. I'm not just this, no one's greet, and this is not guessing. No one's greasy all the time. No one's just, ah, I'm mad. I don't smile. I'm, I'll yeah, kill yeah. you, you know? So I want to make a point with that because 
I know G's and I know that it's not like that. There's some the G's I know are very soft-hearted most of the time. Especially if you made it to this age. Right. Right. So um when we got to Seoul, we said the soul, right? And I've been going crazy with acronyms. The prophecy is my presence, was pimp, um, is my present. Um, and I, it just came. I, I just said science, S, science, science of understanding life. And I was with Finn, and he's like, yo, it's that. It's that. It's soul samples. You're going to be, and now you just set the tempo for me. So this is pandemic too, right? Right. And in pandemic, I've lost 60 pounds. Wow. Which is a reflection of I got better. Yes. I got to really Especially in the pandemic. (laughs) Most people are putting on weight. Right. You know, a lot of people are putting on weight. Yeah. Right. I I got better because, okay, so the pandemic happened. The week it happened, the following week, we're supposed to be in Boston to start a tour with, with, um, into California to go to UK and it got canceled. And I remember drinking myself stupid for like two, three weeks because I felt like it was, I was finally starting to see some light at the end of the tunnel. And I felt like, yo, this is like, maybe not for me. I had that first time I had a question kind of, maybe rap isn't for me. Mm. Cause I, I, I can get money. I just don't know. I'm putting so much money in this. It's like, I could just get more. I could just save all this money. Right. So it's like, that kind of hit me. I'm like, yo, you're stupid. Like, why don't you follow through on shit? Like you want to get out this lifestyle, stop being stupid, put work. Now you have all the opportunity to go get better at your craft. And as soon as I figured that out, my wife was just looking at me, turn to shit. I was the heaviest. Oh, this also happened. I was the heaviest. I was 270 pounds, 65 pounds. And I had a, my wife is like, go get a physical. Cause she knew she didn't want to tell me what she knew. And my doctor said, yo, you're almost diabetic. Like I want to call you diabetic from the test I saw and you don't want to be diabetic. So you need to change your life now. Wow. And that just put me on my path and like, yo, your body, your soul is your temple. I was reading a lot. I got back. I read the message to the black man again. I read that two times. I read Malcolm X again at this age. I, that was the third time I've read that. Um, I read the book about night, the dude that made Nike. I'm just thinking of all the books I read during the pandemic. Um, a Japanese mate, this about Japan's culture. I read a whole bunch of shit and I was still going outside and I'm thinking about military state. I was still outside doing some stuff and I was handling other businesses too. And it was like so much conflicts and complex shit. Mm. I need to get right. Let's build myself and do this. My wife been telling me the, the best thing I've had my growing up, my parents kicked me out early because we just naturally collided, but that made us stronger. Like I was out on my own at 18 and we have the greatest relationship. Like they support anything I do. Right. And, and, and I mean, they really have no say because financially they're not taking care of me. So I make my decision. I make my decision, but my wife go for your dreams. Do what you want. I'm here. That's I'm here. So that makes things a million times easier. Right. And yo, I just, I just pulled my boots up and I started working, man. I started really writing and hitting the studio and getting more confident and putting together. Pro- I have eight more projects done. Wow. Eight done. I could be good for the next two, three years, but I'm not, I'm not, I want to be the best. So it's just going to get better. 
how do you how do you how are you able to churn out so much but still keep the quality you know because i think that's something that some people struggle with right like being consistent but also keeping the quality with the um the rate of the projects that you put out watch this is why i said me coming back in my old age is the gem because think about Jigga's um, Reasonable Doubt, 29 years old, right? So imagine his whole life of experiences he has from that point. Mm. You're 18, your life experiences are limited. I'm 35 when I'm, no, 33, 32 when I started back again, right? All that time, Till now, I have, I can go here, I can go forward to where I want to be, and I could go right in the present. Mm. I have all that to take from, all that. The things I'm battling now, the things I've battled that I've come from, and the things that I'm going to go after. I'm endless. I'm a fountain. I have tons of stories I haven't even touched. So now it's organizing. All right, I work with this, and this is the gem. I work with a producer. We're going to center it on this. I work with this, and then life happens, right? So twinning, they had something happen in their, in their time with the twinning, with prophecies, my present, the, one of the brothers got an aneurysm mm. in the, when we made the first joint and was in the coma the whole time that recording this album. So now there's a purpose. And that was like, oh man. And I just started like, I almost freestyled most of that album. I just started speeding from my heart. Mm. Like I, I didn't write, I'd write like eight bars and then like, punch the four, punch the four, because I just wanted it. Like I wanted to, because there's times where you message me and I feel emotion and then like pandemic emotion, like, right, uh, right, and right. some of some of the things almost don't make as much sense. That's why I kind of have to get those lyrics out, like on the platform, because it it's like, there's context. And when you read it, you probably get it out more. Right. Mm. Wow. Yeah, wow. On your song, Cassius Clay, uh, shout out to the great Muhammad Ali. Greatest. You have a line where you say, some say you're on a path to greatness. You really feel it's deceiving. You're reeling on a crash to greatness. Explain what you mean by that line. Because it's, it's something going on there, but uh, just break it down if you can. So the strong friend, I quote, I quote Royce, Royce the Five Nine. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that song, Book of Ryan, from his Book of Ryan, The Strong Friend. No one checks up on The Strong Friend. Check up on your strong friend. Right. I'm The Strong Friend, right? And I'm bulletproof, like, literally. Like, I've been through it, literally. And um, emotions, I tend to also show that, too. I tend to be that guy. I'm t- I tend to be the dude to tell my dudes I love you and see how you respond. You know, like, some niggas can't, yo. Know, some niggas shut down when you tell them I love you. Some of my brothers will say I love you. I know you love me, but like time is I understand time maybe more than other people. And I've done a lot, a lot. And that shit gonna catch up. So I really like all these times, this is this is the systemic that like all this good shit, I'm really on a crash to greatness. Because also when you die, that's when they love you even more. And that's when they're going to realize all these things. And maybe someone could tell you, tell those stories for you, but not as great. So I'm telling it as honest as I can. And the, even though I'm feeling great and stuff, I'm still battling other things too. Mm, right. Mm. And like I said, I was drinking like crazy, like, you know, and that you, you, the problem with artists is sometimes and writers is drinking. You think that's 
helping you. But that's actually the worst thing because you're going to end up at the bottom. I read a quote today. You're going to end up at the bottom thinking you need to get motivation and inspiration from uh, addiction, mm. right? You need to, you need to get it from, it's really coming from me. It's not coming from that bottom. I do that by myself. So like all these type of things, when I'm writing those things, sometimes I'm drinking. I'm really not, like, you know, it comes out how it comes out. Mm, so man. I like that you caught that line. I like, I actually love that line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, you know, you have a bunch of lines like that that I'll probably be highlighting. Mm. I mean, I, of course I, I can't do everything, but mm-hmm. you do have Absolutely. those moments in your music, man. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm glad that you, at least you, um, you know, your, you know, your wife was able to let you know, like, yo, go check yourself out. And you was able to, you know, get your, your health in, in order, you know? Right. Yeah. That's the thing about the pandemic. Like, um, it, you know, I think we had a lot of time to reflect on wh- what our future was going to be. And, um, you know, if we made the right decision, then awesome, you know. Um, so I, I think it afforded a lot of opportunities to reflect and really just think about your future. Um, so the album cover art for the Soul LP is sort of like a close-up of a human eye with an image of a window in the iris. What what inspired the idea behind this cover art? Can you explain that? Right. So it's actually my eye. It's actually my. Oh, really? Eye. Okay. Um. It's uh. So and with all due respect, we gave on the cover. It's just my beard and my mouth, right? So the first album we came at them with like, yo, I want my respect. It's coming from here. I'm gaining it here, without planning this though, and my dude wisdom is like, yo. When you, because I told him about the soul idea, he's like, yo, you should do the eye and make it connect with the vinyl that it goes together. It's like a puzzle. I'm like, that's so fire. So we went out there and we shot, but it didn't work out mixing it, especially the loss of weight, the certain things like getting the same type of angle to make it piece perfectly. And, and Finn is a perfectionist. Finn does everything. He's like, this is it. And he's like, this is the color theme. We're going to go with this. This is how we're going to market. I'm like, yo, I'm with it. I love the window. That's perfect. Let's go. So it was really simple. It was. It's just organic. It's really organic. Mm. How does it sense. relate to the theme soul? The close-up of the eye. How does it relate to the theme soul? The close-up of the eye. It's the window to, you can see in a person, you, I, I quote Scarface when I say, hey, it's all in the eyes, Chico. The eyes, they never lie. And obviously, we all watch that movie a million times, no matter what. And those type of things. Um, my dad always told me, you look a man in his eye when you talk to him. You look him in, it like, like all these things, a shifty man's eye. Like, I, I, I know my relationships that I could tell when they start going sour, when I have that energy from you physically. Mm-hmm. And I don't see that, like, you're off. And it's always here first. That's off. It's always, I can't look at you. You know, I can't. Because see, before I'm talking about someone that did some dirty shit. And I remember him. He couldn't look me in my eye when mm. he was telling me. I knew he was bullshitting. But things catch up. That makes a lot of sense, man. Uh-huh. Um, On the track, Trill, I'm sorry, Thrill of Victory, you have a lyric where you say, you never question what is real but you question what you see. Trust could be a very strong disease. Why do you say trust could be a very strong disease? 
I say that from experience. Um, I am the heart. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I give people a chance first. I have an advantage of having a dad, right? In my community, not everyone had it. My dad was dads to a lot of dudes, right? And and the funny thing growing up, we buck heads. Like, I probably didn't treat him good. He didn't. It was a both thing, but even for me, I didn't realize what I had because my friends would be like, yo, I love your dad. Like, what? This nigga, and I hear all the stories from everyone. My dad was trying to reform his life while I was coming of age, so naturally. And, and my dad doesn't trust. He doesn't trust himself. And so trust has been something that I want to give out because I often, I often operate opposite. And every time I trust, I trust to a fault. And that's caused me to get shot. That's caused me to go through a lot. My worst things came from trust. Mm. But I always said, mark these words. My brothers know this. They even know what's coming. They would say it. I'd rather die off of trust mm. because I know me, my integrity. I don't care. I, I, if I die from someone close to me, that's like a beautiful thing because I know it. I called it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a strong disease because I can't get rid of it. You feel me? Like I can't get rid of it, but I know it can eat me up. Even when I see it sometimes plain as day and I don't work off my intuition, I pay for it mm. a few times. So like now in pandemic time, you get to reflect too. And I look at that stuff and in this time too, and that that even that line is for someone that is going through something in pandemic time. Whereas like, yo, you can't let this keep on happening. You got to cut, make barriers. So literally that is to someone and they might know the, the shoe fits. I don't need to say names, but the shoe fits, the shoe fits. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Man, so much to say, brother. Um, <laughs> A lot, man. So I want to actually talk about something else on that track. Like at the end of that song, Thriller Victory, there's an excerpt of a guy's speech on the topic of winning, mm-hmm. where he says, Winning is not a sometime thing. It's an all the time thing. You don't win once in a while and you don't do things right once in a while. You do the right things all the time. Winning is a habit. When you think about the idea of winning as it relates to your success, how have you been able to develop a a winning habit as a businessman? Like what has fostered that mindset for you? My, it all boils down to environment for me. Again, I'm going to talk about my parents. I watched them. My dad, I don't care to say it because that's in Belize. My dad's a hustler. Like he, he, was, he was out here, really out here. And um, what he really generated as income, I should not even be trying to make money. But the mistakes when you live a certain life is real. And I told you I moved so many times. So that it's always, everything balances out. So what you put in, you get out. Nothing's easy. And I watched it because I watched one simple thing that could have went here would have took us here. Mm-hmm. And then we got it. Then things would go bad for a little, then we come back. And then all of a sudden we'd be going here. And then one bad decision, boom, back here. And I said to myself, I need boots. I need grounding because I told you I moved a lot, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And I just made sure when my time came, I'm just going to go all in on the things that is going to generate this. 
to be a winning. And like I said, all I did was sit here with this. I've put in so much hours with this thing right here, bro. This right here, that like, I'm going to get out on this. Mm. And there's other things I've put in time too, that I'm going to get out on that. My relationship with my wife, I've been with her for 10 years. We got married right before pandemic 2019, but I've been with her 10 years prior to getting married. You know how much ups and downs as a young man with Mm. my lifestyle, Mm. right? So I put a lot into that to have this still. And we're great. Like amazing. Like this is, this is, we come from a systemic where this is not even supposed to happen, especially our generation. Like, Mm. so, that's it's, it's rare, right? And um, I put in what I want for what I want. But God always shows me as soon as I start slacking off, because I don't know what it is, man. It's like, this is the thing. Ignorance is bliss. I understand that saying so clearly because I, I probably rather ignorance. I would choose ignorance because what you don't know, you don't have nothing to blame. I know now. I've gone too far. I've, I've read too many things almost, or I've seen too many things. And it's like, now, if I choose to make and slack off or make a mistake or what, I chose it. It wasn't a mistake. I chose it. So it's all on me now. I have nothing to blame. And that's like in the winning process. You just got to, yo, the bump comes. All right. Let me resolve it the best I can. Let me over communicate. Let me do all these things. And then let's go. The bump comes, let's roll over. Let's not just pack it in. Mm-hmm. So that's the winning mentality. Dope, dope. On the song Crown to Crown, which is probably one of the smoothest tracks on the album, mm-hmm. you have a line where you say, when you're down, it's love, but success means you're overrated. What do you think creates that mentality for someone? I watch it. I watch it in a little level. Like I say, I'm in the pond, right? So I watch it in the pond level. I watch it with my friends. When I was first releasing music, my friends was posting me, all of them, every one of them, all day. This is just simple. Then you get to the next level, and you, they a lot more people are posting me. None of my friends post me, right? Like, oh, it's all good now. Um, I think it's just natural. I do it. I do it when it comes to game shows or watching uh the underdog playoff time you watch that eight seed you want to see them go right and then remember golden state was an a seed and then when they finally reached that mountain and now they get kd and they're winning all the time i can't stand them i couldn't stand them that those times but first i was loving them jordan i loved jordan the first three years when he retired and came back i was penny fan when i was penny fan Fuck Jordan. So <laughs> all those things is underground underdog mentality. And as soon as you get success, yo, I said my dudes this, and that's why you can't worry. There's someone who are we to care about who criticizes our music? There is someone out here that thinks Michael Jackson is shit, that thinks Jigga is shit, that thinks Prince is shit. Who am I to not get critic? You're never as good as they say you are, never as bad as they say you are. So like I just know that. I'm preparing myself in that line. Success means you're overrated. So I'm, I'm preparing myself to know where I'm going. I signed up for this. I, I, I hear only cheers right now. Only cheers. Mm-hmm. No one's really giving. I know there's stuff to criticize. I know for a fact. Right, it's not right. perfect yet. But I'm preparing for that time because it's not going to be only cheers. 
Interesting, interesting. Yeah, you seem to be a visionary, man. Like, you're always looking ahead always. And, and, you know, kind of being prepared for what might come. Right. Um, One of the dopest tracks on the Soul album is Soul's Mystery 2. I think that, that I, maybe it's just the production, but... The production hit. The production hits in a way. That's the other thing about this project. It it it, sell, it spells out soul, but everything about it is soulful. Like it's it's it really embodies the word. Um, you have a lyric on that song where you say, "There's a show that they give us as an entertainer. I'm a victim of it, but I never stray for favor." Um. Expound on what your message is in that line. How do you see yourself as a victim, but yet still able to not stray for favor? Because, because this is the thing, and I was telling you earlier, the candy and the medicine. So you need candy. That shoot 'em up shit. No one's shooting. No, if if my all my bars, how much shots I gave to people. I have a thousand bodies. I should be in jail, <laughs> right? But like within those type of things, you're still telling the story. You might be talking about one situation, but you're telling them flyers sometimes, right? And um, that is the entertainment, right? Just like watching a movie. We're watching documentaries loosely based. They never say it's a full true story inspired by, right? And it's easy to see that with movies, but music is harder. And I think, a lot right now in my city, a lot of people that are rappers, especially in the drill scene, they're dying. Like these kids are getting shot every day. I just, before this interview, I just saw one on the news. I get phone calls every day. Every day this is happening right now. And that's because they're going for living, because these are kids. These are 16, 17, 18 year olds. They're going to live their raps, right? And they're walking with it when they don't, they don't need to. But any disrespect, who knows if it's for, there was one on the news. It's on the news, clear as day. They rob, a guy tried to rob a man for four, for a half ounce. And the guy stabbed him and killed him. And that's already the guy that was an older guy that was trying to sell him the half ounce. It's on the news, so I'm not snitching on nothing. Bruh, like, this is, this is rappers. Then they'll come out on the rap thing, like, this is a rapper from da 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 So it's like... All this for entertainment, man. You're going to be sitting in there. I know dudes that did 20 joints that told me story, And they did 20 joints from the 80s times when Canada was a lot more racist in the jails. And jail was jail, not so PC. <laughs> you're going to sit in there, bro. And you're going to fucking, I did this for this. And you're, everyone around you is going to live. And you're going to come out at 35. If you come out. Mm-hmm. 45. They might throw the book at you. might not come out. You just lost your whole life because rap. Mm. And that's kind of what I want to give. That's why I say I'm complex. I want to just, these young boys, like I'm, my real goal is to be A&R, to be honest. I, I didn't know it was A&R. I just figured it out this weekend. Wow. But um, in my city, I'm finding that kid. I'm finding 10 of them. I'm finding 20 of them. And I just want them to be able to rap on my shit. Do what you do, but I'm going to train you to rap on my shit so you can really rap. And then we're going to make your shit. And we're going to market it. We're going to do all these textures and keep you out the way. And you're going to run. And you're going to be the nastiest. And we're going to create this culture here. That's where I see myself. This is why I'm working hard. Because I know there's a not a time limit, but like I have bigger aspirations than right, just right. rapping. 
Whoa, man, that's dope, man. That's admirable, mm-hmm. passing the baton. You know, I as you talk about the candy, like, I often struggle with... Um, promoting hip-hop that has a lot of that negative... What we would, you would consider, like, you know, the... um. <sighs> Like, it's one thing to be about the street, but it's another thing to perpetuate it. And what I love about a lot of your music is that you have that balance, right? Um, You know, you, you do have those moments of the street, but you also show that, like, your your music is really soulful from that point, too. Like, you, you really dig deep into the real stuff, you know what I mean? And um, I think it's dope that, you continue to do that in your music and I just want to continue to encourage you to do that because I see where your heart is. Like you, you want to, you want to, you want to be a beacon of support. You know what I mean? Like even when you talked about like your community, you know, your community work, like I see that, you know what I mean? And, um, I, I, anytime I hear like that realness in your music, like there's a lot of MCs that I know that, uh, would, would, you know, they come from a street lifestyle, but, they don't necessarily glorify it, but they they present it in a way that if you know the streets, you know what they're talking about is real. Mm-hmm. But they tell you, like you were saying earlier, like, you know, OGs, you know, they, they have that side that, like, you know, they understand mm-hmm. that this is not necessarily the life that they wanted to live. You know what I'm saying? So they don't really glorify it. So, um, I like I said, I just give you props for, like, you know, putting that that you know that consciousness in your music at times. You know, I think you got a song called "Black Is Beautiful" that I want to talk to you about. Um, and this is a lot of songs where you just drop it there and there. You know, and so I understand now with the whole you know um, with the candy in the music. You know, but I want to encourage you to continue to put that deep thought provoking music because I think hip hop is powerful in that. Um, it can it can it can either be destructive and not just hip hop music in general it could be destructive or it could be uplifting right and it's up to us what we choose so continue to do that when you do do it in your music man thank you brother Indeed. i won't stop that at all at really? all I, I i have i have too much integrity to i can um, see that that's yeah. that that's my battle and i think even when i was in my younger ages because i had ogs like you can't talk about that right now you know, I always had that battle. Young, I, that's why I kind of ran away from it. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't talk about that. But now everything's fair game, right? So it's like, oh, I can really get this off. And because a lot of stuff happened when I was younger. But, like, still, it's the integrity of me is like, oh, that's too much. Like, I have, I have um, there's a song that I did for, like, a German, someone out in Germany. And they wanted it real greasy. And I was like, ah, I feel this. I'm coming real greasy on this. And um, I seen some comments on there. And. I never really respond to comments, but um, there's some dude and I could tell he was probably NOI or 5%. And he was like, yo, A-son, I love you. But yo, this stuff, like you're going telling too much. I was like, I was talking like intricate stuff. Like you said, if you're from the streets, you know. And um, I was like, you know what? I cringe when I listen to this too. Because there's no, usually I feel good about when I talk myself because I'll wrap it up into something or there'll be still like a one, two bars where I'm still telling you, hmm, there's the other side of it. Right, right. You know, yeah. I, I love doing that. Like, that's how my mind works. Um, so that one was just straight, like, glorified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I knew it. And I was like, yo, I know I feel I cringe when I do it. And I felt like it was going to get lost in the shuffle because it was Germany. 
So I was like, no one's going to hear this. And I got paid for the feature. And I was like, yo, okay, let me just give them some crazy shit. And then when I saw that, I was like, yo, yeah, you know what? There's no cheat codes. Like, do what right. you do, man. Yeah, Don't yeah. stray. And I think with, you know, over time with maturity, that just kind of comes naturally, right. you know, but um, I always, you know, champion artists that do that, man, because this hip hop thing is near and dear to me, man. And I mean, I, I know I'm just one person, but like, I see the value of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. All it takes is one person, brother, because one person inspires one person, one person inspires. I, and that's why I stopped looking at numbers. Right. You become obsessed with numbers, like super obsessed. And I'm going to say this because this just hit my heart. Because um, the young boys are super obsessed with numbers. Um, they don't want to put it out if they're not getting at least 50,000 the first day views. Um, and I, I implore them, I implore them, check up the word if you don't know it, I-M-P-L-O-R-E. I implore you to research this because we're doing vinyl. And I might get, right now I check my streaming numbers on Spotify for this album. Uh, Friday will make a week. I'm about like 15,000 on mm. Spotify alone, right? And the thing is, whether I'm at 15,000 or 150,000, the money that I'll make from that is not going to change my life, mm. right? And it's not even going to make a dent. It mm. might buy me a, a good meal at a restaurant. Um, but I sell vinyl. And that money... I walk out with a bag that's like worth something. I can say every album I can make eight to ten thousand mm. dollars minimum. Wow. And I'm niche. So you brothers that are looking at these numbers, I'm selling 300 vinyls, 500 vinyls, independent. You brothers that are getting those 50,000, move a thousand vinyl. Try and move something that's physical. Yeah. Because if you can generate some income, you don't got to worry about, okay, cool, your numbers is cool. But now I'm making 100000 when I step out and make an album. I can make two albums a year. I don't have to be ace on and make eight. I make two. You know, right? I got I to gotta stop there. You, you're in, re, in, in response to this whole idea of vinyl. Because a lot of people think that vinyl, especially some of our older heads, right? They think like mm -hmm. vinyl is no more. You know, like it, like people are not interested in that anymore. Now, for someone like you who, as you say, you're a niche artist and you're actually selling vinyl for your projects and making good money from it. What is it that is allowing you to benefit like this? Like, what is it about? Is it the the aesthetic the of the, vi the vinyl? Yeah. Like, what, what makes it work? Because I'm curious to know. So... Once again, that's a favor of our age. Nostalgia, right? For the most part. I that's think true. most of the American customers are buying it as collectibles. Maybe, let's say, 50% of the Americans will actually play it. The other 50%, like, we got a lot of DJs that buy our shit. But Europe, Japan, Germany, Italy, New Zealand. You already know. Yeah. Bruh, those people. Turkey. This guy told me, like, next album. He for sure used translator. I'm a big, he has his own blog and it, I look like looked at his stuff. He has enough followers. If you could put the lyrics so I can translate for the people, like they're translating what they can get and they're relating or they love in the culture. That's we are strong. Crazy. Black is strong. They want what this is, bro. South Africa, 
look, these people want to connect. So you can't tell me the, the beauty about a UK, their scenes are scenes. So trap is a scene out there too. Drill music is a scene out there too. They're committed. When they're committed, we're going all the way. So if you are the first person in your genre to introduce vinyl or introduce something cool, whatever, Travis Scott does it, all your favorite artists do it. It's just these other tier guys only want to get signed. Do it. Introduce something. You could do it yourself. Anything. We don't need middlemen. I can hit a China guy and get, get, let me show you something I got right here. I hit my guy in China and get some keychains done, right? <laughs> Look at that. Right? Some keychains done. And this is just for ordering off my site. This just cut. They don't even know they're going to get this. Like, this is just thrown in the package. I could get anything done for the lowest price possible for the actual bulk price. That's right? Where, where a company will make a million of these and maybe get it for a quarter, I do 500 and pay a dollar. Right? Yeah. So now we're the little guys. We just got to put the money to what it is and it's limited. So People yeah. that love you want just to have this thing. People are ordering from my site other stuff after that they realize that this is coming out just so they can get make sure they get this with the new order. Wow. So man, that's this awesome. stuff goes, it's hustling, man. Just apply it. Like, try. You're already invested in the music this way. Invest some 100, 1,000, don't matter. What You might only get 20 or you get some, whatever you're buying. Sell to 20 people and make a profit. Dope. That will just increase and increase and increase. And you have a following. You have 50,000 people fucking with you. If you can 1%, 1% of 50,000 is what? 500? 500 people buying shit from you? That's dope. For $10? You're making a living. Yo, that's Easy. so dope that, you, that you're that you able to see it so crystal clear. Easy. Yeah. Easy. And that's that's like, that's why when I talk to these young, they, 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 they're excited, right? And, and my older, I have older OGs for real, like, like, oh, oh, like, I don't call too much people OGs. Like, you could be an OG of what you do. I'm saying my OG. Right, right. My OGs, their reputation's off the meter. And they think like this. Mm. So I'm the bridge to gap. Wow. Bring that 20 person, 20 year old to the 50 year old. I'm the bridge and they never had this bridge because I'm so open and vulnerable and I'll just tell you and like, I'm comfortable with him. Now where that guy, now they might be even more intimidated. Like, don't worry. He's just me. He told me to be like this. Boom. Yeah. It's simple, wow. simple, man. And I just want to pass it down. That's my real job. That's what's up, man. Getting back to, um, um, the, the music. Cause I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap it up with, um, the soul album because I got to get into a couple of your other projects. So I appreciate it. you staying a little longer. Oh, for sure. No problem. Um, uh, on the last verse of that same song, Souls Mystery 2, you have a line where you say, I bow before God. Now I'm never short of wealth. The simple mind will think I'm talking money. That's for self. For the simple minds, can you explain the type of wealth you're actually talking about? In that line. Mm -hmm. Wealth and soul. Wealth and invested in you. I invested in who I am. I invested my daily routine. I wake up. I, I thank God for the Yo, when I shower, when I leave my shower, I don't shower until I've eaten and work out. I, have, I try and do four to five days a week. 
if if I don't if let's say I only do three days a week, those I make sure that I do something productive before I hit that shower, mm. right? And I save myself time because when I leave that door, I know exactly when I leave that door. I do everything on a. This is a routine that works for me because I can get out of that character. I don't have no law governing how I move. I get it how I get it. I could just not do anything if I don't want to. So that's a trap. So for me not to get trapped, I create a process. When I shower, I thank God for the water pouring on my skin. Mm. Like it feels so good. And I feel energized. And I take my time getting ready. I listen to my music. I make sure I have an hour to shower, put some lotions in my beard, make sure the vitamin E, my skin routine. You know, I'm getting older. We got to make sure things look good. And I leave, bro. I'm already full. I'm already full. Anything here is the next. Everything here is a win. Everything here from this point. Mm. So that's wealth. Mm. That's wealth. And then I say the next line, a lot of people are confused because I had DMs about this. I put a lot of fabric on the shelf. And I laugh because I'm talking fabric on the shelf because I have tons of clothes. Like I have shoes and all that. I'm an addict. Like I said, New York has influenced me so much. I'm one of those guys, like one of those guys, not nasty, but I put a lot of fabric on the shelf to get rid of it. I shelved a lot of that. Mm. So, so it's a double entendre that I know I'll only get, but I put a lot of fabric on the shelf. I'm done with that. Like that's not filling me. Cause that used to just fill me. That's dope. Go get this bread, fill me. I don't need that. Like I still will get fly cause I just feel good, but I don't do it at the same rate. Like I'm looking every day I'm going out like, yo. Because we made this money today, I can spend this. Because I'm going to make it tomorrow. I'm going to make it tomorrow. It's a trap. Trapping. It's trap. And I I'm love trying to the show double entendre, boys. man. That, yeah. I was going to ask you about that line next because I forgot to add it. <laughs> but that double entendre is so dope. Now, now mm-hmm. that you explain it. This is why I love doing these interviews because I get I to it. learn, you know, what the artist actually intended by the lyric. You know what I mean? It just makes mm-hmm. the, the, to me, as a fan... Right. It makes the listening experience much more enhanced for me. <laughs> so right. I'm glad that you broke that down. Now, I also want to talk to you about um, the project Prophecy is My Present. Because to be honest with you, this is the first project I actually heard from you. Um, and like I said, I know you, when I did my research, I'm like, man, this brother's been putting out music since 2017. But, I, you know, I want to talk about this because this is like one of the first projects of the year. Um, talk to me about um, this project. How did the collaboration come together with the twinning and how did it manifest into the title Prophecy is My Present? I know you said okay. P-I-M-P, but uh, mm-hmm. like break it prophecy down. Is my yeah, present. Yeah. I prefer Prophecy is yeah. My Present. Yeah. So um, this is what happened with twinning. Um, I do a lot of music, like especially I'll just go with 2020. I'm not going to make it long, long winded. 2021 is probably my most production rate of music. On average, 365 days, four songs a day. That's average. I could be underselling. I'm close to that. Recorded. Not just written, not just recorded. That's amazing, bro. Insane. Now, added into that, and not everything's for me. I got a lot of features. So the thing in our lane, or just in rap period, too cool, social media, too cool is everything. Too cool. And I watch a lot of brothers that I know personally, and good to you because I'm not a starving artist. And that's a big difference with me. I'm not in it like every bag, Matt. Like, I need this to eat. 
I want, I'm going to make this. I, I do need it to eat, but I don't need it to eat. You understand? I need it to eat. I put that out there because I want this to be the eating, right? Now, a feature dollar. I know a lot of brothers that turn down people that have quality production because they're charging for features and they need that bread, right? And I'll charge for features too. Like, I'm so busy now and I have people, I look at what you're doing, but that doesn't mean you're 300 followers now and you have to pay for a feature. I want to look at what you've put out. How serious are you about this? That's the first thing. Mm -hmm. The second thing is, now is it good? So, or does it fit what I'm into right now? Because it could still be good, but I'm just not in that mode. Right. That has opened the door for me to meet tons of talent, mm. tons of rappers too, not just producers. Right. Like I said, I'm a fountain. And then it, how I deal with Toronto, if you're from Toronto, I'll give you one free one no matter what, even if it's trash. If you reach out to me and you want a verse, even if up. it's trap, I've done it. I'll give it to you. I'm rapping in my style over the trap shit. I did one over like 600 Breezy. I don't even know if you know the Chicago drill rapper. I don't care. You're Toronto? Come, come, come over here now. Let's learn something. Okay, I digress. Boom. Twinning hits me up. Philadelphia, I seen them connected to certain people. And he sent me a pack with like two or three beats. And at the time, I was in the studio with my brother Lex, who's on the song Love, L-O-V. And they sent me that song, Life of Victory. He sent me that song, and we're in the studio. Um, we crushed it. Crushed it. We're in that mode. Crushed it. And then the second beat, I went home. I looked at all the other ones when I went home, wrote those, went back the next day, crushed those, sent it to him. He's like, yo, you're crazy. Like, I got three songs in two days. What the hell? Yo, what do you think about doing a project? Like, I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I'm stepping my bounds, whatever. I'm like, nah, like, send some more. If they're like this, we're already here. Let's just continue, you know? And I'm working on like five different projects at the same right, time. Right, right, right. So it's like, boom, he sends that. As I'm into the second pack, this guy sends me one of the brothers, because I wasn't even communicating with the brother that was sending me. The brother that was sending me this stuff ended up getting a brain aneurysm. And now I watch how God works because that brother that was sending me is the take control brother, mm. is the one that's after it. Mm. The one that's not like, no disrespect. We've had this conversation. I'm not airing him out because he's actually stepping his shit up. He didn't know like the stems and all mixing the project and stuff. He's He's been spoiled almost by his brother mm. because his brother does all the little stuff. So now he had to step up to finish this. I want this for my brother. I want wow. this for your brother too. That's Give me dope. your address. You know, boom, boom. I sent him some stuff, just like some motivating type of material. And um, I, I now I'm part of his journey, right? Wow. And they've never released anything. Wow. Anything. So it's like, all right, they've had tracks with certain artists here and there, but they've never released anything themselves for themselves. I'm like, all right, so this is double the mission. All right, let's do this. I got you. Just hop on, send me this shit. Got my dude Merciless Mix. I'm going to take care of the packaging. I'm showing him along the way. He's like, yo, I've never seen this process. Holy, this is what it takes. This is what, this is what, and that's, that is wealth. That's wealth. 
doesn't matter the dollar form. That now, you're part of my history. You're part of my story. I'm part of your story. That's the, that's legacy. That's etched in stone. It can't be taken out. It's there. Indeed. And that type of shit is, that's the prophecy. Is So I named it Prophecy is My Present because I said to my brother, because now, mind you, I can go and try and rape the game and say, I'm going to vinyl everything, right? Because we're making money and kill my my little niche following. No. I told them, I'm like, yo, you know, this is, we're going to make this feel mixtapey. I got a lot of stuff coming that I've already set business out. Mm-hmm. This is my birthday. It's February 23rd. Mm-hmm. This is my present. Ah, Prophecy is my present to you on my birthday. Dope, dope. So I gave him and he was down with it. I'm like, yo, we'll end up doing some CDs or something. Or maybe we get it. Because there's also, when you press it yourself, the cost is high. But right. the, the, the profit's high. But if we get a vinyl deal with someone else, like brothers are liking it, now we can still go back and shop it. Right. And here, take your cut, take your cut, and it's out there. Right, and you right. just make what you make. You part ways and it gets sold by a company that's going to make the money off you. But you have it out there on vinyl forever. So we can go that route. But I was like, let's build some momentum, put some stuff out that people want to, and these companies will come message. They'll come and shoot you offers and say, yo, let me talk my shit. Uh, company came from Germany, uh, from Belgium, and they said, we want this album. That was like an uh, entry. Boom. Here. All right, pay me. I can see the process. Boom. Speaking of uh, let me talk my, my ish. <laughs> um. <laughs> It's a very popular catchphrase of yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm curious to know, like, how catchphrases or, and, you know, signature scenes become, like, this habitual thing that continues to be repeated, specifically in music, because there's a lot of artists that have their, you know, their signature mm-hmm. sayings, right? Mm-hmm. For you, how did that phrase even originate? And what led to it becoming like a signature phrase of yours. Cause you, like you said, you released an album with that phrase, right. you know, like titled right. after that. So talk to me about the story behind that phrase. Like if there is a story and right. how did it become something where, you know, you was like, you know, I'm going to say this on every record. You know what I mean? Like, and I do now, I yeah. do now. Um, it's organic again, man. So like, this is how it happened. So wisdom, bonital, wisdom. I knew wisdom, but I didn't know wisdom in my prior life, but I didn't know. Wisdom tracked me down in 2017 and came to the barbershop I go to get my cut at to fuck because he knew I went there. So I'm at the barbershop one day getting my cut and boom, boom. And this guy is getting his cut. And then he comes over. He's like, yo, Asa, we need to work together. I know you. You know, you don't know you know me right now, but trust, ask your man, my right hand man. He's like, ask him. He'll validate me. I'm like, all right. He's like, yo, I do this music. We need to do like aggressive, you know? I'm in a barber seat, like, yo, okay, what's this about? So I asked my man C's and C's like, yeah, I grew up with Wiz. Like, Wiz is the truth. Come to know now we're brothers for real, like tied forever. We have so much things and like know so much people, so much similar life. And one of the first joints he sent me, I was angry. I was literally angry. Some bullshit happened. And um, it was his beat that got it. And I just, and I think also I found my voice at that time because I really started coming here. Because even when I do it, I'll step back. Like, Let me talk my shit. Like that, that coming from here, that started coming out in the music. 
that's the same time I'm finding, oh, this is my tone. This is it. This is more warm. This is not so aggressive. And when I found that, it was with that. And as soon as he heard that song, he's like, we need to do an album. One song. We need to do an album. And we're calling it Let Me Talk My Shit. I was like, yo, I'm going with that all the time now. <laughs> it hit you like that. That's all the feedback I need. Wow. So it so the phrase continued after that album. That album kind of set it off. Right. Okay. And mind you, because we're building an album, that album started in 2017, but we didn't finish it till we didn't drop it till 2020, end of 2020. So I'm building like eight other albums and features and everything in between that time. So that's getting on. Now the momentum of Let Me Talk My Shit is happening on other tracks. So now when we get to the album officially, Let Me Talk My Shit, it's like, well, in my fan core, my core, my support group of people that love me already know that as me by the time that album comes. So they're kind of like, when is the Let Me Talk My Shit album coming? So now right. naturally I can move merch. I can do all this type of stuff and it just all works together, man. Dope, dope. So uh, a favorite song of mine, and I, I, I mentioned it earlier, um, that's also on that album is called mm. Black, Beautiful, Elegant. Elegant. What does it mean to be black, beautiful, and elegant today in 2021 if you had to add on to that phrase? Black, Beautiful, Elegant. We named the track first off Blacks, Black, my dude Family Gang Black, that's featured on the track. He actually goes by Black Nazi as well, but that's not as friendly as family. We made him change that name. But Family Gang Black, he said it in that song on his verse. And Black, beautiful, and it summed up the whole because we we're all talking about that, that energy. Black, beautiful, elegant is who we are. We're designed. We're designed. And everything we do is attraction. Everything we do is magnetic. And magnets also could go like this and go like that. Mm. And we're the most powerful in both sides. So that's black. That's beautiful. Cause there's beauty in everything that's good and bad. And it's elegant. Cause we do everything. Look at how we walk. Look at how we talk. Look at the phrases. Everything comes in the elegance, what they call elegant, what they want now, what they make and market started here that we didn't think to market it because we just do this. Everyone does it. I go to Jamaica. I go to Belize. Everyone walk, everyone has, yo, dropping words, yo, yo, mind them over here, da, da, da. like everyone in Toronto, we have our own type of slang and how we talk and everywhere because we just bring that, like it's, it's obvious, mm. it's obvious how beautiful we are and elegant and innovative and it's black, man. And black comes in many, like I, I, I speak like this because I only feel black. It's funny because my dad is Spanish, right? But he grew up in Belize City, which is primarily black, primarily black. So it's like my mom's black and it's like he doesn't speak Spanish. He only speaks Patois, basically. So it's like I've, I've never felt nothing different, right, you know, right, right. but I find because I, I visited Jacksonville a lot as a kid. I have family in Jacksonville, Florida. And when I started hitting the States and going there like 12 and 13, the segregation of those type of places, New York, nothing different, Toronto, nothing different. Right. But when you hit the South, you see like my own people, I don't feel as black over there. Like, Oh shit. Like you're not black. We're walking in the black mall. And it's like, they're looking at my mom, like, nah. And we're white walking in the white mall and they're looking at my dad. Like, why are you with this person? Like, you know, it's like, it's like the segregation that America has 
and then Canada has it too, but we just have it outside of Toronto. With my inner thing, I don't, I didn't see that. I mean, we see it systemically, the cops and bullshit like that. That's everywhere. But like, black, I love black, man. I love black. I love everything about black. I love being black. I love. Indeed, it's, it's me. Definitely, man. Much respect to that, man. Um, one of the things that's pretty common in your music discography is your common history of working with one producer or like a producer mm-hmm. collective per project. I always felt like those albums were like always like the best albums. <laughs> like when you get one producer with an MC, it all, all like right. when I look at my end of the year best albums of the list, when I look at what I have as my top 10. A lot of times, most of the albums that are on there are just like one producer produced albums with an MC or with a you know with a with a duo or whatever. Um, tell me, how do you seek out which um, producers are suitable for you to work with? Is there like a vetting process, or is there something specific you're always looking for? Because mm-hmm. you 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 work with a lot of different producers, mm-hmm. and I feel like you always get it right. Like I I don't think that's why I was like you gotta have your hand somewhere, even though you're not producing. Yeah. Like I I feel like you have a producer mind, right? You might not be the one making the beats, but you have a producer mind. It to me that's what I get because you you mm-hmm. get it right consistently. So talk to me about your process and of how you go about in getting to work with different producers. Is there something simultaneous? Is there something, how you say, in common that you always are looking for? Mm-hmm. So I'll say, I'll start with this. I am blessed, first and foremost, to have amazing talent around me. Finn, Future Wave, Merciless, Wisdom, Uncle Doe, all those brothers right there are producers and engineers, elite and stubborn to the culture. Mm. If it doesn't fit the culture, like this is because they're older than me. So it's like, it doesn't fit. It's not, this is not what we come from. It has to have that element. Although you want to be current and new, has to have that element of that. So they keep me in line that way. Like not even keep me in line, like, it's they're not going to do it phony you know they're all djs too which is crazy they're all djs so they have dj mindset of sequencing and making sure everything goes together so that's where it starts right there now the people outside and some of those names i don't have full projects with that i've released but like they've all engineered they've all in the early like nimbus they that was the one album that was nimbus and hollywood briggs were two albums that were just compilations of producers. Everything after were just one producer. So now these other brothers, like I said, organic. I'll get something, I'll hear it. Oh, yeah. And and usually they'll send that first pack because the guys, if you send me a pack, you're probably shooting your best shot. Mm. So they'll like to send three to five. If I hit two to four of those, I know you got something. Wow. So that makes me just go over there. And if you don't have anything, maybe we'll see what, because I'll after I do what I do, I'll hit them and be like, yo, were you planning to do anything with this? Can I use it for what this is? And most of the time, I that's where I also check their aggression. Like, because some producers are really, most producers are passive. And they'll be like, yo, yeah, do whatever you want. When I hear that, 
So what else do you got in there? Mm. Because I know they really want to build a project because a lot of times they want a shot, right? They want to get their shit out there and they see something's moving. So it's like, all right. And then that just starts something. I, I, yo, I haven't shook hands with Twinning. I haven't shook hands wow. with Fago. I haven't shook hands with Anajay. I haven't shook hands with, oh, uh, I'm not even going to say the other. I have Vinyl Villain, Wavy the God. All these brothers. Yo, They're shout just out nasty. To, give it up for technology, man. I got to Technology. That's amazing, man. And and this is this is something that is happening, obviously not just with you, but with so many people now. Like they're not they haven't met some of these people in person, you know, and they're putting out work that will last a lifetime, you know, mm-hmm. beyond life, you know, this lifetime. So that's dope. Um now I, I I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about this next project. Um, which was released not too long ago, the 98 Miles Project with uh, Mav. I don't know if I'm saying the name right. Is Mav. It, okay, Mav. Mav and Sibs Rock, because Sibs Rock actually produced it, right? And Mav is the other MC. Um, how did y'all even come to know each other and what inspired this particular collaboration? So here we go. So, and I see, glad you asked that question because I would have felt bad right now because I always leave people out because it's what's on the forefront of your mind. So Matt uh, Sibs is part of a production crew, which involves Finn and Slam. Ah, okay. Gold Era Music is a production crew. So Slang makes beats, which I got something coming with him. Finn makes beats and Sibs makes beats. Sibs also raps, though. He has older projects that he's been rapping from back in the day. And um, so now... We're going to bring Mav into the picture. Mav is from Rochester, New York, and he's part of the Cloth. Now, the Cloth brothers are also in our niche genre with, like, the West Side Guns, all that type of genre. And we've met them because Finn is a digger connoisseur, just like you, looking at things and finding new artists. But he produces. So Ah. he'll hit those guys early. And (laughs) not knowing... Mav and those guys have like connections because Rochester to Canada is not far. So they be over here and stuff. So shaking hands was naturally about what's going to happen. So before pre-pandemic, we were messing with them. We we're going over there shooting videos. They're coming up here. You know, we they, they did the show up. They came up here to do a show, but it got shot. So it shot up. So the show didn't end up happening. Um, we've We've already had experiences with each other. So the music was naturally going to come. We've been featured on each other's stuff. So Mav is also the older dude of his crew. And I'm the older dude of my crew as far as rappers. Mm. Right? So naturally, all the songs we've been making, we like the same production. All this, the content, everything is so parallel. We're like, yo, why don't we just make an album? And that was the most natural made album. Like, wow. it took longer to get the cover art than to make the music. Wow. Speaking and of... That, the, mm. No, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off. As you said, cover art, I wanted to ask you about that because that's one of the most apparent things about the project. Um, you know, obviously, aside from the music, um, is the graphic art and, and the colors, you know, it's really displayed in a pretty rich aesthetic. Uh, can you explain the scene that's depicted on the album cover and exactly what's happening as it relates to the 98 miles theme? Yeah, I laugh. I laugh because this was an argument. That's why I said that. So 
we reached out to Chris B. Murray. And if I if Mav and Sibs were here, I'd let them handle this question. I haven't handled this question yet okay. in all the interviews we've done. So it's my turn. So we we had a bunch of people we reached out for the artwork. And we had a real a concept, right? Because we want the artists to do the art. And um, the concept was 98 nautical miles from Toronto to Rochester. That's nautical miles, so by boat. That's the straightest, directest way to get from Toronto to Rochester, the quickest way, 98 nautical miles. And we wanted us traveling a car. We didn't say exactly what we wanted, but like all of us, we didn't want nothing too cartoony. We didn't want nothing like, because we're in a genre where everyone's kind of messing with the same artwork people. And we didn't want to have the same people like look similar to other artworks. So we invested in the art. Chris B. Murray is a legend. Like mm. Chris B. Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y. Look up his Instagram. He does work for like Reebok and Nike. So we came out of pocket. Like that wasn't cheap artwork, right? And we went with this and we've seen all this stuff and it's very dope. He's done stuff for like Action Bronson and all these guys. And um, he actually likes our music too. So he's like, oh yeah, let's do this, you know, but you still got to pay for that. Right, right, right. And we gave him what the idea was, but we told him we want artists to be artists. So we didn't really, um, weren't really too hard. But now you're dealing with three different minds. I'm more easygoing. Mav knows exactly what he wants. Sibs is kind of in between me and Mav, right? So we get this artwork that's just a sketch, no color yet. And the sketch is like pencil, you know? So it's not like defined, like how we look doesn't look like us really. So we get it. And I said, yo, so I just had a portrait done with me and my wife. And I got the same thing. And I remember my wife was like, yo, um, from someone else. And like, she said, showed it to her family. I'm like, yo, you don't know art. Like, this is going to come to life when it gets comes to color. Same thing happens. These guys are like, nah. Mav is like, nah. Like, we're not doing this type of shit. You know, like, let's get our money back type of thing. I'm like, nah. Trust me, they're going to love this. Trust me, they're going to love this. Because he, he didn't like, he didn't understand the tree and like, yo, what does this mean? So Chris B. Murray, so when we go to respond, Chris B. is like, yo, I'm doing a series. This is beknownst to us. Because fairly, he should have kind of told us what he was doing. But he's doing a series with like jungle theme and it's like actually going to be part. I don't know if it's part of Nike and Reebok, one of these things. And he has a whole like book, a whole thing he's selling. And our thing is going to be like one of the first pieces. Wow. So it works out doubly. So I'm telling the brothers, I'm like, yo, you don't see this as the win? Like we're going to get this advertised on his platform now because he invested himself into it. So trust me when this is done. I, I've, I've bought prints. Like I bought a Wu-Tang print where he did like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Wu-Tang, like this crazy. I, I invested in him already on art, yeah, yeah. right? Like hundreds of dollars. I know what he's capable of. So I was like, yo, trust me. So the, we came to a settlement, took us a few months. And then he did, I told you, I'm like, watch everyone. And we got it back with color and they're like, all right, yeah, cool. They, they weren't, I'm like, watch when people see this. So I showed my homies around the way. They're like, yo, this is crazy. I'm like, watch the color. So as soon as we put it up, when we did the album art cover on like our post, the numbers were stupid. Just as, on just the art cover, probably one of the highest numbers. Wow. And I was like, yo, it worked out. But like, this is part of the process. This shows the process. It's, it's not easy 
coming together and just deciding on something simple. <laughs> you know what's dope about the cover too is like you could actually, even though it's a still image, you could feel the speed right. that's being displayed, like right. the velocity. And I, I'm just curious, it looks like, is that you? Is that supposed to be you hanging out of the car with right. the tree that looks like a, right. yeah. Right. And he has like a little piece of the tattoo. Like he has some details that I look at because I see myself every day. That's like, yo, you got little details that were like crazy. Like you saw a picture and you just, it's amazing to me. I what's what's the symbol of the tree though? Because like, it like, yeah, it's, that's it's like it. a weapon. It's but like it's... a shotgun, like a, like a thing. So yeah. if you go to his page, you'll see how he like, he, he, it's, the theme was like the jungle meets the streets ah. because the streets like a jungle. You know got what it. I mean? So that's what's his theme that he's going with us too. And I, I get what the brothers are saying. I thought it was dope. I thought it was dope right away. Like, no hesitation. Yeah, that's dope, man. Mm-hmm. As you say, jungle, because even the car looks like it's covered in some type right. of trees. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it seems like y'all are speeding. Like, speeding. The dude, yeah. in, I'm looking at it right now. The dude that's in the, in the you know, in the, that, in the driver's seat, he mm-hmm. has like, it looks like he got locks, but he's like, yeah. his mouth is open. Like, he's like, and that's because Mav is so laid back, like as like a thing that that really isn't his character. But oh, that's his, his dreads. He has long dreads, okay. and then Sibs is in the back, and he has like his production, like he's making. Beats. Yeah, it looks like he's making beats in the back. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so was, I, I thought it was very dope. So it's like, yo, yeah. but you know, and it was. It ended up being very dope. But like when you kind of, I understand when artists have this thing in their mind of what they expected, and it doesn't yeah, really yeah, hit yeah, there. Yeah. It makes it hard to want to compromise. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Dope, dope. Wow, man. I wanted to ask about that because I, I think when I posted it on my, you know, because, you know, I usually post a lot of, like, new music. And mm-hmm. when I when that album came out, obviously, I didn't really know about the other brothers. Um, I was already familiar with you, and I was like, okay, I got to check this out. You know what I'm saying? Right. But then when I posted it, I had gotten some, um, somebody told me the album, that, that's a dope album cover. So that's why I was like, yo, I got to ask you about because the album cover definitely stands out. So Absolutely. y'all made a good decision with that. Um, one of the songs from the 98 Miles album entitled Less Is More, uh, you have a really dope set of lines where you say, cliches is principles. Now the lamest win, nobody's listening. The old wise got no ties to the young guys in the game they live. It's all ego. Meg- megalomaniacs. I think you said megalomaniacs with no people. How you gain power. How you gain power when your vision can't see you. First of all, that last line, how you gain power when your vision can't see you. I got to ask you about that. But um, talk to me about... um. Uh, just this idea of, you know, what, like, what do you mean when you say cliches is principles and how did it become that way? Because and even at the start, start of that song, I was like, cliches is cliches for a reason. Because Mav had like so much bars in there that was like, oh, like, that's a caption. That's all I was thinking. I'm like, that's a like cliche, but it's a caption. And right. and sometimes when you hear the word, cli- in, in English language, we have a lot of things we say and it has connotation. Like, Cliche might sound with a negative connotation. Ego, negative connotation. But ego is a full thing. Like your ego is in you. You have it no matter what. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But how we speak as people, words are powerful and we have it with connotation. Mm. So I want to break down cliches as principles. So I want to make cliche because to me, when I heard cliche, when I said it before I rapped, 
was like, I'm not saying cliche as a negative thing, because people will say cliches is like, oh, that's cliche. It's so right, cliche. right. It's principles. That's why it's cliche. That's mm. a principle. Anything that you hear, ignorance is bliss. Right. So even though that might be someone's, it's not that that's my principle. It's because I'm not ignorant that I won't have the bliss. And what do you perform more, to be ignorant or not? And I chose not to be ignorant. So not everything's going to be easy and I'm just in the air happy every day. Mm -hmm. Right? So cliches, cliches, cliches is principles. Now the lamest win. Because the lames now will use the cliches in the caption because every, not to say Drake's a lame, but like if you look at the, the cliche, the captions, all the cliches that everyone, all the girls put on, it's like the same shit. But cliches for them, those are lame. <laughs> like, you know, that's kind of what I'm trying to go to. So the lamest win. And what was the next line? Um, uh, yeah, the, 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 li the line that you said, oh, you want me to go through yeah. everything that I said? Yeah, you said cliches is, cliches is principles. Now the lamest win, nobody's listening. The old wise got no ties to the young guys in the game. They live, yeah, they live. Right. And that goes on from what I was saying earlier. Yeah. I'm the, the middle to the young guys megalomaniacs so megalomaniacs is what we want to say when we say ego so that the ego is like yo you got so much ego but what are you talking about when you say i got so much ego you're saying that as a negative or a positive it sounds negative but a megalomaniac explains what you're talking about when you want to say your ego is taking you because mm. a megalomaniac is a person that's um center self-centered you know what i mean like co constantly, almost like a, a sociopath, right? So boom, I, I'm flipping. I'm glad you chose these because I know they go over certain heads. And um, what was the next line I said? Megalomaniacs with no so ego. yeah, he said it's all ego. Megalomaniacs with no people, right? And then and that, how and the vision don't how you gain power when your vision yeah, don't that, see you. That line, like when I heard that line, it's you know you just have those moments as a as a fan of music where you like. Yo, that's a dope line. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I could, I could feel where you're going, like where you might yeah. be going with that, but I'm not fully sure. Fully sure. So I'm like, yo, I, I, I'm, I want to ask him about that because yeah. as a fan, you hear shit like that in music, and you like, yo, he's, he got something under that, and right. I feel right. where he's going with it, but I just don't know. So yeah, just break down that last yeah. line. You so know, how, how, how you, you gain, gain power? With, how you gain, gain power when your vision, your vision can't see you? See you. Yeah. And that's that's heavy because and this is why I like leaving things open ended. And this is the beauty of rap, because now it can relate to more people. But now you're getting my story. So like I like I'm telling you, I'm reading all these. I went back and read Malcolm X. I went and read um, Message to the Black Man. I read I've had read these books when I was younger, but younger. Right. So now when I'm seeing all these things, yo, these guys have. They want this power. Like I'm, I'm relating to the young boys because I have nephews. I have tons of young people around me that are dope and I get them, but the next generation doesn't get them. And I get what they're going through in a different way than what we went through. And the things they want, we can't see how they're going to get this, but they're getting it in certain ways, but they don't have no vision. They have so much power to what they're doing. Like the drill artists out here, they get tons of love by the people but they don't have a vision. They can't let go of what the fuck. Let me let go of this stuff. You made a hit song. There's some dudes in Toronto that made a hit song going crazy everywhere. 
And two months later, they got in a shootout with the cops. Now, it doesn't matter. Where's your vision? I know at 20, I might have made that mistake. But at the same time, I would fight hard not to because I was at this precipice. I wasn't struggling and doing that. If I got to this point, like once I get this, I understand the money isn't guaranteed at that point. But you have to grab yourself and say, I'm going to struggle through this now. Mm. Right? So how you gain power when your vision can't see you? You don't even have a vision yet. Mm. But you want this power and your power and you have all this power? It won't work. Wow. You're you're destined to fail. And you know what makes that line so dope? It's like almost like you could think of, it almost makes you think of vision as like a person of itself, right? Like right. vision looking back at you, like yeah. your vision can't like see you. Your power, yeah. and, and when you come to power, like the vision, like the, like, um, the TV, because I hear, when I hear certain words, I'm such a visual thinker, like, and this is where I go into space. This is the dream of me, because the vision, black screens, because I've, I've been having this conversation of like everything, black mirror, right? And like, that's power, right? So it's like yeah. a deep entendre, but it's like too over the head. I didn't want to sound like a nerd. So I just left it at that part. But I was really talking about like, it's like your TV, you're looking in the vision, which has power, but how you gain power and it can't see. I literally was in that mode, but like, I didn't want to explain it that corner. Nah, way. go for that, man. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I get it. I get it. But I mm-hmm. love that, man. I mean, I like yeah. that, man. I love to to, yeah. to catch stuff, you know, and, 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 and really just kind of like decode like what sometimes mm-hmm. what you're saying with the lyrics. So yeah, man. Listen, man. It's been a pleasure talking to you, man. Um, uh, um. Before we get out of here, man. Uh, mm-hmm. my last question to you for this interview is: with all of the consistency and success you've had so far as an artist, what do you hope to be your magnum opus, like your most important work? Like what? What? Um. What, have you thought about like, you know, that work that would solidify your music career yet? Like. Or like, like, what's your vision as in regards to that? Like your your stamp. You see, I just you're 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 great. You're actually great. And before we leave, too, I want to give you your flowers because this has been an interview that's like I watched another interview with uh, Mega Ran and um, Novelist. Novelist, yeah, yeah, right. And right when I saw that, you let us talk. A lot of interviewers get in their own way because as soon as you could have got a got a tidbit extra information you cut us out and you don't do that you're 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 flying you i actually gave some good instructions at the start i was like oh this is going to be different so credits to you thank you now the magnum open i just literally had this i think that this soul album is going to be the one for people that are going to say i knew a son from this album wow this one is going to be the one the like the fans that want to say I got on him early, this is gonna be their one That's that they dope. got. They started on the bandwagon, like they started to really look for me. The one that I want to make, and I have, like I told you, I literally have eight, and there's two in there that are definitely like <sighs> I'm a creative, so it's like hard for me, and I have other producers I'm working with too, and. I have one with Benny that's coming to a Benny the really? Butcher. Yeah. Um, a project? Yeah. We yeah, actually, bro. we actually, cause we've been in this game. We actually got this, these joints early, but we finessed it before they blew up at that level. Right. But it's Benny going, it's actually at Benny's peak, like going crazy. 
But um, <sighs> my magnum opus, though, talk to me in 2022. Okay, okay. That I will have, I, I, I'll tell you what I'm battling, personally. I'm battling reasonable doubt. I'm battling supreme clientele. <laughs> I'm battling Wu Tang Forever because that's my favorite Wu Tang album. Those are some high standards, man. Yeah, yeah. But Wu Tang Forever is different because that's right. not an individual artist. Right, right. Um, supreme clientele, reasonable doubt. Those two albums, I want to be feel. I don't care what anyone else says. I know because I'm a tough critic. My friends. C's, what up? C's, my brother C's is a hard critic. Honest with me. Well, I'll know when I get it. I'm not there yet. I, I know I'm not there yet. I'll know when I get it. I'm getting there though. And it's gonna be that. And 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 that's the point where I'll throw that marketing dollars. Cause I know 250K, I can make people listen. That's the amount of money it takes to make people listen. But I'm not going to invest in what I haven't believed fully is my best work yet. So well, you'll know. You'll know. You'll see me there. You'll see me there. You, you won't be able to miss me. 2022 is right around the corner, man. I know. <laughs> so, I know. Like, that's, that's why I, I'm working hard. I said, talk to me there. Because it dope. might be there. But it might not. But it will be there. Dope, <laughs> it dope. will be there. Dope, man. Again, brother, thank you so much for taking the time with me. I know it's a long interview. Um, I loved it. For, for, for those that may not know, where can they find you online? Maybe you want to give like your social media sites, websites, right. stuff like that. Ace on Eastwood, it's in the corner. You put those together with no spaces. You could go .com. You could just do it on Instagram without the .com. On Twitter, just Ace on Eastwood. You could Google it, Ace on Eastwood. You'll find whatever you need to find, like, like Google might not show you everything that I've released, but it's there. Like if you really want to dig, like some of the stream SoundCloud, bruh, there's so much stuff. You're going to find something, but focus on the soul. Soulgolderamusic.com. You can get physical copies, anything you want. Um, that's CDs, that's vinyl, um, T-shirts. And um, my website, aceoneastwood.com, we still have a few... 98 miles, not too much. Mm -hmm. um, and that's it. Everything else is sold out. I had sewer science, that's gone. Wow. Everything else is sold out. But man, just just look at, listen, I don't even care about buying something. Just stream something. Go and listen to anything. Dope. Just put an ace on Eastwood. You'll find me. Dope, dope, dope. Indeed, man. And I, I know like, you know, with all those projects you said you you got like in the vault, like I, I know... Probably, I'm like how much how much more projects are you anticipating before the year's out? Okay, so this is this is what the goal was. So I actually I didn't realize that I've done four in six months if we start from December, December to May. So I've done four, someone tweeted it. I did four in six months. And um I have legitimately four to go that okay. is like fully packaged, like artwork, everything. Okay. So this is the thing. The reception of Soul, though, so I was supposed to be in Belize to shoot everything for Soul, but pandemic, I bought the tickets, everything. November, they canceled all the flights from Canada. Canada is really strong holding us right now. You guys have a lot more freedom than we do. Wow. Um, 
they canceled the flight. So that hurt me because Float Away, we're going to shoot in Belize. Souls Mysteries 2, shoot in Belize. I wanted this packaged a certain way. There's going to be a lot more marketing that I want to, a documentary in Belize, a whole bunch of stuff wow. that kind of didn't work out. Have you done any other music? I'm sorry. Have you done any other music videos in Belize? No, not yet. Wow, this was so going to be the one. The first. Okay. I was saving it. I was saving it for this. And I knew this was special. Like, I just knew it. We knew it. And now I wanted to see what it would do. Because the easy thing to do is, oh, I sold out all my records and move on. But it's not about selling out all your stuff. It's about pushing, because if this is important and people are getting, new people are getting on, I just want new people to listen. New people to listen. So sometimes come, putting something too fast out, now we'll just overshadow that. So I have a dope one, Wavy to God, right now, and one with Vinyl Villain that like is super dope. It's just Wavy to God one has more of a, I could come summary. Like I have a whole bunch of summer tunes that I'm going to drop no matter what to in between. Like I have these, these vibes of like <laughs> that glow, like, Oh, I, I'm not even going to give it out right now. I'm do, doing something special with that. That's not a project. Me and Finn also have like a personal. Okay. Just know that fall, we have a texture. So whatever I go to with fall, I'm going to get two between fall and winter that has that rugged feel. Mm-hmm. But until then, everything is going to have continue with this soul vibe where it's going to have this smoother texture. Yeah. But once we hit September and that weather starts changing, we're going to give you that, ah, (laughs) that aggressive, aggressive music again. You know what I mean? So we got treats, man. We got a whole array. We coming. Wow, man. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I wasn't even expecting you to say it, but uh, the soul LP is definitely... It's one of those projects that just hits right away. It hits right away. And I think that might be one of the reasons why people are going to like look back at that project and that be such a staple for your catalog. Yeah, man. Listen, man, thank you again. Um, I want to tell all of our viewers and listeners to make sure y'all follow us on um, our website, outtheboxmedia.com. Uh, Make sure you go look up the podcast, which is available on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Stitcher, wherever you generally listen to podcasts, just look for Out the Box Talk. So if this is your first time, definitely become a subscriber so I could keep you connected with all the wonderful shows that we have coming. And you can also catch some of the earlier shows as well. So um, I appreciate my brother Asan Eastwood. Much success to you, you know, and till our next show. Uh, I want to tell everybody, peace, love, and light. Stay focused, stay healthy, stay safe. We out of here. Peace. Peace.